You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Sawyer Brown reference, if anybody was wondering. I was going to um, say, is that another Kid Rock reference? <laughs> hey, how dare you besmirch the good name of Kid Rock. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Travis Cura, Brazilian Tide, joining me, and as... Uh, we always are transparent with uh, To and Out Nation. <laughs> nah, I don't think it's a nation. Or, 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 it's, it's like a village. <laughs> I was going to say Hamlet, village. Yeah, ha- I like Hamlet. I like Hamlet. <laughs> to and Out Hamlet, we like to be uh, transparent as possible. We're just hitting record after Ty wrapped up, what, a 14-hour drive? How are you feeling, man? It was only like... 12 hours and 45 minutes. Um, I set my alarm for 4.30. It did not go off. Ooh. It did not go off. Oh. So I woke up at, <laughs> I woke up at 6.09 and, you know, basically got dressed, grabbed the Coke out of the fridge and hit the road. Because uh, I, set, I, set <laughs> I set my work alarm. So it's only Monday through Saturday. Oh. Yeah. 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 I've done that before. So I, got, I, was, I was here a little later. So, you know, I was hoping to be here by... I guess it'd be about, you know, five o'clock. Well, about four o'clock local time, and it didn't pan out. <laughs> didn't go that way. But that's all right. That's all right. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Rumi. <clears throat> if you got any questions about your place, you got a draft coming from uh, that random crack in the wall, flickering lights. Where's that leak coming from out of the light fixture? Yeah. <laughs> These are very extreme scenarios. Those, are, those seem very specific. <laughs> those are almost called 911 scenarios. Well, yeah, for you. <laughs> if you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know what's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. Visit Rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click CFLFantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, I guess before we really talk about the games, let's just talk about the trade. Uh, Last week on the show, I kind of mentioned that the Montreal Alouettes maybe be in the market for a quarterback, maybe looking for Trevor Harris, but wasn't sure what they'd be willing to give up. Well, Ty, it turns out they are willing to give up an American defensive end in Antonio Simmons. Trevor Harris is headed to Montreal. Yeah, I think... I don't know, maybe timing is not the surprise. I'm just surprised it actually happened. You don't see a lot of, you know, big-name players get traded halfway through a year. Or I guess not even halfway. I mean, mid-season. Um, 
that being said, I think there was really only one guy out there they could go and get when you're looking at veteran quarterbacks uh, to bring in. I mean, you're not going to get you're not going to prize Zach Claros away from Winnipeg. You're not going to get Mike Riley or Bo. Um, you know, you're nobody in your division is going to trade with you. And I mean, there's not a, there's no other op, there's no real options in your division. Uh, so this is the only logical one. And you know, the return not great. You would you would think they'd want to try to get draft picks or something um, a little more. But I mean. The Owls held all the cards here. They knew Trevor was benched and it was performance-based, among some other things. And I honestly think Brock Sunderland is done after this year, so why would he care what he gets back? And, and, and you know, and give the give the guy who's going to take over his job tools. It, it, it This isn't the Jays in 2015 where Anthopolis knew he was leaving and, you know, traded the farm to make the playoffs and try to advance. This is... You know, there's no other option for the Elks right now. Trevor Harris, the third highest paid quarterback in the Canadian Football League. Riding the so, pine. Uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. So I, I think Edmonton would have probably taken anything. Yeah. And Montreal's only quarterback on the roster that has CFL experience is Matthew Schiltz. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's only got a handful of games. And Trevor Harris is going to come to Montreal and be the backup. Yeah. You're not throwing him into the starter. Schultz is winning games. He's I'm, you give him credit for Thanksgiving because you know he led the game-winning drive and he won this week again. Uh, you're not taking him out just because you have Trevor Harris. Harris is going to be stapled to the bench until they need him. Harris is there as insurance, yeah. but we also said that about Zach Kalaros in Winnipeg in 2019, and look what happened there. <laughs> I don't see that sort of turnaround no. uh, for for Trevor Harris here. At least he's got his he's got his health, you know, as far yeah. as we know. So let's talk about Harris's former team, the Edmonton Elks, who lost to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers twenty six sixteen. You know what? The difference here was again the fourth quarter, yeah. <laughs> where the where the Bombers scored those ten points, and the Elks ended up getting getting shut out here but I mean Taylor Cornelius this is I think the best he's looked uh, against the best defense in the CFL he didn't turn the ball over 17 of 29 187 yards (laughs) I mean (laughs) you can't get much done against the, the bomber defense but he looked athletic he uh, he he ran for another 19 yards. He he was able to extend plays. I think the Elks are doing what they had to do here, and let's face it, th- their defense played great. And to me, it actually looked like, and I was quite surprised at this tie, uh, a team that wanted to win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they they actually played with some intensity. I thought. Uh, yeah, it it looked like they almost cared. I shouldn't say almost. It looked like they yeah. did. It looked like they wanted to be. They wanted to win a football game. You know, we. I made the comment last week that their give a crap meter was low. But I mean, these guys are still professional athletes. They're still paid. They're still competitors. They they want to compete. They want to. It's no fun losing. Um, obviously, so you know they they come in. They play like the three quarters of decent football. But again, that fourth quarter for for Winnipeg. What are they allowed? Six points all year. Yeah, exactly, and that's where it remains. Yeah, and so not much you can do. Like you said, the best defense in the league, 
you have a rookie quarterback who hasn't seen a lot of anything in this league right now or yet. I mean, 187 yards, like you said, didn't turn the ball over. I mean, not a great stat line, but it's 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 passable considering the defense he's playing. And, I mean, it's, what, his fourth start. So, uh, I mean, it's probably better for them to lose. I don't know how much better, but, I mean, at least there was something there that, you know, fans can say, well, this team isn't just giving up on the season. Well, and, and he played better than Harris did last week in Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it just goes to show how hard it is to beat a team uh, three times in a single season. It's just really, really tough to do that. And uh, I, I kind of wonder here how big of an absence Jamarcus Hardrick was causing a bit of a ripple in the Winnipeg offensive line. Uh, Edmonton was able to get to Kalaros, and they were able to rattle him a little bit. He made the plays, you know, he needed to make to win. 15 of 24, 210 yards, had an interception. Probably should have thrown (laughs) at least one more, and the one that Probably would have been the win for the Elks. He he threw for two touchdowns as well. And I just look at some of the plays that these Bombers are making late in the first half. It was, you know, second and 20. And then they connect with Kenny Lawler on a massive gain. <laughs> it's just like just when you think the Bombers are done, they come back to get you. Yeah, you think you have them down out. And, yeah, it, this team, I don't know what it is. Like we've said before. Like, yeah, it's Zach Kalaros. How much damage can he do? And it, it's just been all year. They, they, he just delivers, and he, he makes the plays he has to make. It's not like they're making – or it's not like he's, you know, making ridiculous plays day in and day out. They're, he's making the plays he needs yeah. to, to to move the ball down the field. And, you know, it's – it's yeah, sec, second and 20, it, that's, that's so deflating for a defense. It just – takes all the air out oh, of you no doubt. and, and it, it makes it real hard to to get back out there for first down because you thought you were off the field so it's just a that's that's a huge turn one thing to note for the bombers is that this game really didn't seem to affect their run game although andrew harris leaves the game he had six carries for 39 yards he had one catch for five yards and that was the touchdown and that was the play he got hurt on mm-hmm. Don't know if it's a knee or what it is. Uh, We're going to have to see what the Bombers say in their practice report this upcoming week. But Braley Oliveira, a familiar face, comes in, 16 carries, 105 yards. He looked great. So while the Bomber offensive line maybe struggled in pass pro, they did okay Mm -hmm. running the ball. And Oliveira has himself another 100-yard game. The Canadian backup just kind of waiting for his opportunity in Winnipeg. He got it at the beginning of the season. He got it here. And uh, maybe he could be our fantasy MOP down the stretch if Harris has to miss out a little bit. Right, and we saw it in week one. He had that huge debut. Excuse me. Uh, and, you know, he comes in in relief. And, yeah, still able to get 105 yards and 16 carries. And you don't have to move around players to try to you know get a Canadian in there because your Canadian running back went out. They've made it a point to get a Canadian backup for Andrew Harris, and it, it's worked out perfectly, and that's what happens when you run a franchise and build a roster the proper way. And winning begets winning begets winning, and that's what's happening in Winnipeg right now. 
I'm wondering if having a good Canadian running back might be one of the most important things a CFL roster can have, just because it kind of creates a ripple effect. Can you have an extra mm-hmm. American receiver? Can you have an uh, extra American offensive lineman? DB. Uh, look at, yeah, I mean, look at Winnipeg. They got the two uh, American offensive tackles, and those guys have been a dynamic duo mm-hmm. for several years here, so it's definitely working out for them anyway. Rashid Bailey, the leading receiver for the Bombers including a nice 48-yard touchdown, six catches on seven targets, 93 yards. Yeah. He does it the week after I had him in my lineup. So oh. thanks, Rashid Bailey. I had, I had him <laughs> in my lineup this week. You had yourself a nice lineup, $0 left over and into the triple digits. Yeah. We've got to talk about Edmonton here where in the second half – <laughs> like, not only was there some miscues, but the play calling wasn't there as well. James Wilder Jr. only had 11 carries in the game. Mm-hmm. Second half, he did not see many at all. And we see Darrell Walker finally starting to show a little bit of frustration here. He had four catches on nine targets for 34 yards. Looked like maybe he was getting frustrated at his quarterback a little bit there, but also a play where curl route, whatever it is, hits him right in the hands. Yeah. And then it's on the turf. Right right in the worst possible spot. (laughs) So some of this play Mm -hmm. is on him, and Mm -hmm. he's got to get out of his head a little bit, man. Yeah, I mean, you can't go, you can't have nine targets, only catch four, and all the blame be on your quarterback. Yeah, that that's that's pretty rare that it's going to be that lopsided. Like he had a distinct like that ball was so catchable, it wasn't even funny. There was nobody within two yards of him. Um, it's not like it got mm-hmm. it's not like he got bumped or batted down. He just plain dropped it, took his eyes off it or something. And yeah, showing frustrations that's great. Uh, but you know, I mean, you can be frustrated with your quarterback, but if you're not making the easy ones, then you have nobody to blame but yourself. And then in the fourth quarter. Kalaros lets a pass get away from him mm-hmm. a little bit. It hits Aaron Grimes right in the worst possible spot again. Mm-hmm. Nobody within 10 yards of him would have been a sure six points on the board, and then it and then it hits the ground. If that's not a metaphor for Edmonton's season, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. No, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I might have had a huge <laughs> smile on my face. <laughs> I, I'm sure that the Edmonton fans in our uh, season ticket area uh, miss you crapping on Eric Grimes every time you were there. I'm sure, Aaron, I should I'm say. sure they do. I'm sure I am greatly missed with all the pee breaks, <laughs> the foul language. <laughs> and us playing Name That Tune. Hey, Name That Tune in the stands is pretty fun. <laughs> I uh, The Bombers, they also... I think they were tripping up a little bit here. Do you see some chinks in the armor here? I mean, they uh, ooh, they, they, they had a trick play on the punt return. So uh, Janarian Grant turns around, throws it. So they had a big play. They had a blocked punt. They had opportunities to, you know, beat Edmonton pretty badly, but they didn't. It mm-hmm. came down to the fourth quarter here. Like I said, you know, the third time you see an appointment, an opponent, opponent yeah. it is tough. I think it's that to, to beat them, and you know, 
the little things are going to start to rear their head now because guys aren't at 100%. There's no way they are. I mean, we're week 11. Yeah. So, you know, those little the little nagging things are going to, you know, start to be a little more prevalent and maybe that's part of it and you know, like you said, two third time around against an opponent it's it's just so tough to game plan and and find new things to do like it's you only have so many plays you can you can run in a in a offense well i've heard a couple times here uh, the theory that winnipeg is the team with the most consistent roster from 2019 so they're going to come into the season they're going to be ready to play and as the season goes on teams are going to come together and then maybe give Winnipeg a run for their money. And I think that might be the team that won the last game of the week here in Week 11. Mm -hmm. But before we go there, let's go to Ottawa, where the Montreal Alouettes beat the Red Blacks 27-16. Matthew Schiltz getting the start here. And, man, this, this guy has been in Montreal for four years. He's put up with a lot. He's been patient. He hasn't complained he gets this start, and it, it wasn't one of those, you When know, you say put up with a lot, you mean Johnny Manziel. <laughs> he finally gets this start, He, he and it's actually a, a game where they need to win. It's not one of those, you know, games at the end of the year when they just give them a, a start to, uh, to rest the starter here, mm-hmm. and he got off, and he had a great first half, uh, 21 of 34. 288, 281 yards, a touchdown, an interception. He had a rushing touchdown as well, and that was big for his fantasy numbers. But overall, I think Schultz looks pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, and he, like you said, he's been there four years. He knows the offense. Uh, you know, he's he's worked with these guys. That's got to have something. That's that's got to mean something uh, to to his production and, and how good he's been. Uh, you know, 281 yards. Pick and a touchdown, not nothing sexy about it, but they got the W. Uh, and I think as long as he keeps winning football games, I don't think that uh, they're going to have any issue leaving him in as a starter, regardless of what Trevor Harris does uh, in practice. Uh, you know, and if like now they're in, they're sitting sole possession of second place uh, with Toronto very catchable, yeah, especially with all like just. You know, there's what f- three games left, four games left. So, they, and they if, play each other this week. Exactly. So, I mean, if 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 he can do this again, uh, you know, maybe uh, it's just. Be, I don't know if it's the fantasy aspect or what it is, but you know, nineteen of eighty three for Artist Payne. I'd like to see a little more production for the amount of carries. But I mean, they're still running the. They run the ball nineteen times with him. Uh, 21 times total with their running backs. They're establishing the run even without William Stanback, which is only going to help Schiltz, uh, you know, be able to stretch the field a little bit. Well, Ottawa's defense, they kept them in this game here. And <laughs> if you look at the time of possession, Montreal had the ball for over 36 minutes. Yeah. That's going to wear out a defense. And and then the weather ended up being a factor in the game later on. The skies opened up. It was just an absolute monsoon. <laughs> and, and it doesn't hurt Schiltz that he's got one of the most talented receiving cores in the CFL. You, you get yourself uh, the, the steady veteran in B.J. Cunningham. He had two catches, 33 yards. Quan Bray is 
producing again. He four catches. Uh, oh, that Kalen Julian Grant with 55 yards on the one catch. And, of course, Eugene Lewis, five catches for 55 yards. But touchdown, Jake. Seven catches, 114 yards. Maybe the the catch of the year there in double mm. coverage. Is it, does it, does you don't that think even, so? Does that, is that double coverage? It's Antoine Pruneau. <laughs> well, he maybe not hard. the catch of the year. I don't know how the ball got to him. That, that, yeah. that was the number one question. Yeah, probably not the best uh, decision. But yeah, you know, when, when he <laughs> bails, out his, bails out his quarterback and, and gets in the end zone, and like, yeah, seven catches, he averaged sixteen point three yards per reception. And I mean, like you look at. Somebody like B.J. Cunningham averaged 16.5, but that was only on two catches. I mean, it's a pretty consistent uh, day there for Jake Winicky. Well, now all of a sudden, like, who honestly, who would be the East nominee for MOP? Oh, boy. Is it Jake? Well, like I, like I said in week four. His eight touchdowns in nine games. The, the next closest yeah. receiver has four touchdowns. Yeah. Maybe it is him. Toronto has bounced around between quarterbacks. Hamilton has bounced around between quarterbacks. Montreal, the only reason Schultz is in is because Vernon Adams is injured. And it's nobody from Ottawa. <laughs> I mean, Lewis Ward, maybe. <laughs> maybe touchdown Jake is our guy. I like it. And I'll find the, I'll find the message in our group chat. I said it like week four that like it, it wasn't even that it wasn't even a question for me. He's already leading touchdowns by that point. Now, as far as Ottawa goes, it is it's starting to catch up to them. They're they're still not technically out of it. No, which is is, is wild. It's but sad when you change <laughs> when you change your offensive line every single week. Mm-hmm. It catches up to you. And here we go. Montreal Alouettes had 10 sacks in this one. When a defense is getting double-digit sacks on you, it's never a good thing. 10 sacks, three picks, a fumble recovery, and two safeties. Wow. They were were the second highest fantasy scorer for the week. (laughs) Overall. Overall, everyone included. Just a, a wild game from the Montreal Alouettes. And not all of those, well, interceptions are pinned on Caleb Evans. Some of them were, mm-hmm. you know, off of a receiver's hand into the into the yeah. air, picked off. And then he's got, he's getting hit every single place. <laughs> that, that is that's fair. That's not going to help you at all. So Taron Christian ends up coming in. He leaves the game with an injury, and you just play the odds. If a defense is on top of your quarterback every single play, then leave yeah. Him. I might as well leave him in there so you're only getting one guy hurt. Yeah. Instead yeah. of the we risk of getting guys two guys hurt. Because what happens if – so, yeah, Christian gets hurt. Now Caleb's got to go back in. What if he gets hurt? And then we're back to Nate Bahar. <laughs> it's, it's, like, yeah. it's like Patrick Waugh. Letting in ten again or nine against Detroit, and they they just left him in there. It's like you're gonna have to maybe, eat this one. 
maybe we see Duck Hodges onto the roster in the near future as uh, quarterbacks keep going down in Ottawa. But Montreal sacked the quarterback five times last week. 10 Mm -hmm. in this game 15 sacks in two weeks against the red blacks yeah there's no quarterback is going to succeed uh behind that offensive line at this point in time the the only quarterback that's going to succeed in that situation is matthew schiltz (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and and montreal they almost gave this game away too those penalties Uh, they take an offside on a field goal block, third and mm-hmm. four. So first down Ottawa, they grab a touchdown on that drive. Then they actually punted it off to Devontae Dedman and shut him down right where he was, which is actually pretty rare these days. So yep. they get the penalty, re-kick, huge return, field goal. So their, their penalties are meaning that their opponent's able to put points up off the board. But but they're it, holding them. To, they're not giving up a touchdown. Like yeah, they're giving up. Like that field position was ridiculous. The fact that Ottawa didn't score a touchdown there was stupid. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You're, you're at the, at the, what the twenty-two or something? Like they got, they got lucky that they were playing Ottawa because another a different team is scoring on those. Like they're scoring touchdowns on those drives on on all of them. Like it's not even a question to me really. Uh, but yeah, the, when are teams going to stop kicking to Devontae Dedman? Penalties are not. Yeah, he's a monster, and it, it sucks that he got hurt. I don't know how serious yeah. it is yet, but he is a monster for the Red Blacks, and he was continually putting them in position to succeed here. But Montreal, to their credit, yeah, maybe they took some stupid penalties, taking some plays off the board. They also uh, made plays when they when they needed to. There was a moment in the game where Ottawa forced a fumble deep in Montreal's end. It was the fourth quarter. It would have maybe you know kept Ottawa in this game. Well, very next play, Caleb Evans throws an interception. So uh, mm-hmm. the magic of Evans starting off is kind of. Yeah, wearing off a little bit as teams get to know him and know how to play him, but and <laughs> that, that offense doesn't have a lot everything. of options. In it. Yeah, he doesn't. If if he was playing in Montreal, I think we'd see mm-hmm. some different results. <laughs> yeah, like they handed the ball off to Delant seven times. What and what's with they're that? Not, I mean, they're not doing themselves any favors. The way the rain was coming down, I, look, I, I don't want to be the armchair offensive coordinator, but clearly it, it wasn't working there. Ryan Davis mm-hmm. had five catches for 70 yards. He had to take over the return duties when Devontae Dedman went down, and that was their leading receiver. That's the way it went, Ottawa yep. and Montreal. All right. The Calgary Stampeders. Ty, is it fair to say that they're back? Yep. I, I said it last week that they were going to be in second place by the time they were done playing the Riders. And they're there already, so. There's not a single moment or phase in this game where the BC Lions looked like they had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for like, you know, just before coin flip. <laughs> 39-10, the final score. Yeah. And BC not having a running game, <laughs> that that doesn't help. Riley was getting 
hammered mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of times in this game. Calgary's defensive line, their receivers, and to me, it looks like Bo Mitchell is is on. And there were some miscues with his receivers, and I know he was spotted, you know, yelling at his receivers here and there. I like but, that, though. Yeah, what did you think about it? Because eh, some of the panel, they, they thought it was not a good look. Oh, but when Tom Brady does it, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, he's the goat. Yeah, yeah. Or or when Peyton Manning yells at Jeff Saturday to stop calling plays, like they're the leader. If if they feel like they need to get up in the face of their teammates and you know kick their ass a little bit, then they have the autonomy to do that. I think if it was getting out of control and he was doing it every week, that's a different story. But it, it, he's not doing it every week. I I I think it was Mayala, maybe it was uh, Malik Henry, but uh, the receiver goes the wrong way where the safety mm-hmm. wasn't, uh, and uh, it could have been another touchdown. But he tore the Lions apart, and they still it could have been worse. It still could have been worse because yeah. they they he only <laughs> threw for two hundred and seventy yards, and they weren't finishing drives, yeah. and. If they finish a few of those drives, they they put 50 up in BC. And, you know, we we were here thinking that BC coming off the bye would be able to start competing and compete for a home playoff game here. But if if they're going to show up like this against the Calgary's of the world, they're not there yet. Does that now make Calgary, what, 16-2 and against teams coming off the bye in their last 18 games? I think it was 15, yeah, fifteen and one in the last sixteen. Anyway, or some, yeah, something like like that's ridiculous. Like, to beat a team coming off the bye yeah. when you had to play the week before and do it consistently, like they're this team is just so prepared for anything that any team can throw at them. Now we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the West Final when they got to go to Winnipeg. But the BC Lions only kicked the ball off twice. <laughs> And uh, they actually gave up a 101-yard kick return touchdown to Locke yeah, Thomas. Not a not a not a great uh, percentage there. <laughs> so the Calgary Stampeders yet again tie have another secret player on the pack practice roster, and I, I know he yeah. was released earlier in training camp. Some of the media in Calgary were kind of surprised that that happened, but Rock Thomas. Looks crazy. He looks blazingly fast. He has uh-huh. the kickoff return touchdown. He had 27 rushing yards. He had 17 receiving yards. And then, of course, the return duties. This guy's going to be somebody to watch out for. And just looks like a Swiss Army knife. And they can put him, you know, either running, receiving, or like you said, on returns. How do you defend him? And if he's got that, if he's got speed like that, like it's really tough to defend. And, and again, teams hadn't seen him. Right, so I mean that that gives him a leg up. I mean, the more film, obviously, teams will be able to prepare and and you know try to shut him down. But the, Calgary just keeps pulling these guys out of nowhere. I think maybe uh, Kadeem Carey might be the better blocker than uh, Rock Thomas. Yeah. So obviously, he's going to be still valuable to the team. He only had to carry the ball twelve times, and we know he's been banged up the last few weeks. He had sixty-seven yards. He had a he had a catch as well. But this is a classic Bo Mitchell game where. He connects with nine different receivers. Yeah. And 
when BC was playing zone, he seemed to find the soft spot every single time. The leading receiver, Weird. your boy, Richardson Danny, six catches, 60 yards. I know Nick Hawley yeah. also had uh, 60 yards, but Richardson Danny for, you know, 2600 bucks in CFL Fantasy, your uh, Cincinnati pick fi- finally paid off, man. Yeah, I'm getting really tired of like picking the guys that are cheap and oh yeah, they they had a good week last week, then they didn't adjust the 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 price. Well, it seemed every week that the people setting the prices knew more than me. Uh, but I'll take 100 uh, percent catch percentage, <laughs> 60 yards. You know, just a solid 12 points for 2600 bucks. It's it's not terrible. And Bo just missed Malik Henry on a deep pass mm-hmm. right before the end zone. Like <laughs> he's going to start connecting on those. To me, if Winnipeg is just getting by against Edmonton, I, I think. Well, I, I'm just going to say it now. I, I think Calgary and Winnipeg are going to meet in the playoffs, and oh yeah, <laughs> that's going to be uh, an absolute battle. Uh, Luther Hakunavanu is that maybe the. The, the name in the CFL right now, three catches, yeah. 56 yards, a touchdown. <laughs> it, it's going to be, again, Ty, where we got to figure out who the receiver Bo is going to match up with. And look, this is without Kamar Jordan, too. You do it like you do it like we do our football fantasy draft lottery. And you just put everybody's name in a hat, and you just draw one, because I don't know what else you can do. <laughs> you had nine different receivers. How do you pick one? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, we, we, we're sing, you're singing the praises of, of Bo and this offense and how they, they just kick the crap out of lines. They still kicked six field goals. Well, that's it. They they didn't finish. So they like, didn't let's finish not, enough drives. Let's not go crazy yet. But, you know, they are finishing second in the West. I, I don't think there's any question about that if they keep playing like this. Saskatchewan, I don't know. They're, they're going to have to. Uh, well, the way BC played, I don't know. BC Saskatchewan could be either a really good game or a terrible game right now. <laughs> well, Saskatchewan Calgary is a critical game again this weekend, yeah. but we know Calgary's record against teams coming off the bye. Yeah, perfect, right? Like that that's <laughs> bodes so well for Saskatchewan. I mean, Saskatchewan technically has second place right now because they have less games played, but I I think Calgary just puts the boots to them again. Well, and uh is it is it a coincidence that Jamar Wall comes back? He's been playing safety for three games, and the Stamps are undefeated since then? I'm not so Probably sure. Not. That's a coincidence. Yeah. As for BC, uh, Michael Riley, 13 of 25, 145 yards, two, to- two interceptions, sorry. I mean, Lamar Durant, he had the 11 targets. It, it could have been yeah. a very nice game for him, but only four catches, 35 yards. Brian Burnham doing his thing, seven catches, 93 yards, and uh, still no running game. James Butler got six carries, and I believe this happened after uh, we released our last episode. Shaq Cooper got released from the team, and that one surprised me a little bit, but if that doesn't tell you that they don't care about the run. (laughs) Either that or it's basically a a message to James Butler, like, hey, you're the guy now, and then they don't do anything. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He they're had turning. They're catches. like Philly with. They're like the Philadelphia Flyers with goalies. And it's just a graveyard <laughs> right now. <laughs> they need Ron Hextall back. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> let's face it. The Lions. This was a poor showing. At yeah, it wasn't home. great. 
<laughs> wasn't great. Off the bye. Like, you had nothing no. to uh, to show against Calgary. and uh, They, th- they played like together. I would play on the Sunday of a men's rec league tournament. <laughs> and it's like the fourth game of the weekend, and we all know what I did the night before. Yeah. That's what it looked yeah. like. Minus minus the puking on the sidelines. <laughs> Even Dave Dickinson said it. He said it might be rough to start the year, but by the end of the year, these guys are going to come together and be in where they need to be. And mm-hmm. It's happening right now. I, I just wouldn't want to run the ball against those linebackers. There was that no. big hit in the second quarter, Jameer Thurman just smashing James Butler. I'd say, nah, mm-hmm. run pass option. Uh, pass, please. <laughs> yeah, what? What? Why is there an option? <laughs> it's not an option. Throw, throw the ball. <laughs> All right, Ty. What, what were the fantasy numbers looking like this week? Uh, so, leading quarterback Matthew Schultz at twenty one point four, Bo fifteen point one, and Zach Claros at fourteen point four. Actually, that can't be. This can't be right. I'm going to have to double-check this, but it says Nathan Rourke outscored Mike Riley. Well, he didn't throw any interceptions. <laughs> that's very fa- – yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yep, that's what it was. And he also had more rushing yards. So, yeah, Nathan wow. Nathan Rourke had 12.7. Mike Riley had two. And he played for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> your running backs this week, uh, Rock Thomas, 16.1. Oliveira, 14.4. J- James Butler still had 12.4, and he was third. It helps that Andrew Harris got hurt uh, at 11.4. Kadeem carried 8.6. Wide receivers, Jake Winicky, 24.4, barely outscoring the Montreal defense. Rashid Bailey, 22.5. Wow. Uh, Brian Burnham in third at 16.3. Ryan Davis, 15.7. And Luther Hakuna Matata at 15.2. I'm not even <laughs> going to try it. <laughs> I had a two-point loss in the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. Not happy about that one. Mike Graham from Podski Wee Wee doesn't dress a second running back. Doesn't so he cheated, so you won. He only dressed two receivers, and so the flex was empty. And uh, took, a, of course, the Montreal defense. No, you, <laughs> so you won. A... You won. I'll take it, or at least put an asterisk behind that one. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I'm not first class, but I ain't white trash. I, I finished first in our group. <laughs> Sawyer Brown reference, if anybody was wondering. I was going to um, say, is that another Kid Rock reference? <laughs> hey, how dare you besmirch the good name of Kid Rock. <laughs> At 109.3, I had Schiltz, Andrew Harris, Delance Turner, Ryan Davis, Rashid Bailey at 22 and a half. Uh, nice. Like we said, Richardson, Danny, they're six for six for 60 yards for 12 points. And my leading scorer was uh, the Montreal Alouettes defense. <laughs> and I had 109 points. Well done. The, 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 the $0 lineup pays off, man. Yeah, overall, I was seventh. Whoa! Good week. Good week. Great week. Yeah, the I, I got. I have to look because I, I don't understand. Well, yeah, he the guy who got the highest score had Schiltz, Winicky, and the Montreal Owls defense. So I mean, he had the top three scorers of, on all positions. Yeah, and that Rashid helps. Bailey. Like, yeah, and that on. helps some more. The top four scorers of the week. 
With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to High Level Hip Hop. CJSR presents High Level Hip Hop. It's a deep dive into Edmonton's hip hop scene and the artists helping shape it. The show takes a unique approach to introducing listeners to the OGs and young bloods of Edmonton's hip-hop scene. Uh, the show is aimed at those who love local music, but might not have had a chance to fall in love with the city's surprisingly diverse hip-hop scene. Each episode features an interview with a local artist, plus a fresh track they recorded at CJSR. Check out episodes with Arlo Maverick, Please Be Nice, and more throughout the season. High Level Hip Hop is produced by CJSR, Edmonton's campus and community radio station. Download it wherever you find podcasts and at highlevelhiphop.transistor.fm. All right, week 12 is on the horizon, which includes a triple header on Saturday. So Friday night football oh, per- per- is... Perfect, a Saturday triple header when I get to work. Friday night football is going to be uh, the Alouettes and the Argos. And then for Saturday, we've got the Ticats, Red Blacks, Lions, Bombers, and Riders, Stampeders. The Riders currently one and a half point underdogs. The Lions, 12 and a half point dogs. And the Red Blacks, 14 and a half point dogs. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be fun. Hey, Edmonton did not cover that spread last week. I mean, they did cover that spread last week. Yes, they did. (laughs) Yes, they did. So uh, (laughs) those are some tempting spreads, that's for sure, (laughs) coming Mm -hmm. up in week 12. Just as tempting as Kraft Smooth Peanut Butter. Ooh. Speaking of spreads. That's the only way to go. Yeah, if you you eat chunky, you're a serial killer. (laughs) you can rate review and subscribe to the two and out podcast wherever you get your podcasts we'll talk to you on thursday thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter